Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby. I am joined today by Tarina Warby. Good morning out there. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education and celebrating 26 years of service. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so I guess I shouldn't have said good morning because like you can listen to this anytime you want. But while we're recording it's morning this, for us. it's morning for us. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, In fact, this podcast is going to be a little bit late because people yeah. are used to seeing this come out on Friday nights. But it was, I don't know, because it's not the radio, we can do it whenever we want. Well, no, it was really, and, we got, we had a lot of work this week and we mm-hmm. had a class, we had a futures class, and then we had a, our three-day orientation class that introduces people to what we teach. And um, it also introduces them to the different markets. And if they've, because a lot of people will say, well, it's just the stock market that you invest in. Yeah. And we're like, no, there's like lots of markets. There's. A bunch of markets. Anyways, that's right. So um, we've got four other markets, that, you know, or three hey, other markets got, that you can. You we've can got opportunity. In. Yeah, and so and then you can do this on top of that, you know. So, anyways, there's lots of opportunities, and so we just our nephew and his wife and their four kids came in. Man, I feel old saying that. Um, <laughs> this just because we still have kids at home, like you know, kids who are not at the age to get married. But anyways, they just um, came for a visit, and so. It got late, and we said we can't stay late to record the show, which we would normally do. And so we just drove home because we needed to see them. They That's were right. coming into town. So they actually anyway. were in town impatiently waiting to come over. <laughs> so we're sorry if you're used to getting in this on Saturday morning and you get it on Saturday later morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I uh, just wanted to wrap up the week really fast, which is typically what uh, what we start off with. Um and, you know, I, I guess that this week was either the best of times or the worst of times, depending mm-hmm. on, on uh, well, it'd be harder to be a, the worst of times, I suppose. But for the trader, this was a sideways week for the most part, was really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, uh, we had Wednesday where, where we had a significant climb. But um, if you look at the range, it really stayed within the Monday-Tuesday range. Yeah. And, and the Friday of last week range. It really didn't go anywhere. Um, this wasn't altogether unexpected because, mm-hmm. you know, we're sitting in a, a, a high time frame supply zone. Yeah. Um, on the S and P 500 and there in the ES, which is the S and P 500 in the futures market, we're in high time supply zone. And typically when we've got a high time supply zone, it's either going to stall, even if it's going to blow through. Okay. Um, but we've got some things that are going on that we really should be aware of and I, and I want to talk about. And so, you know, um, when you're in a, a, a sideways zone, there are ways to handle sideways zones. Um, now, for the most part, you want it going either strong up or strong down. But there was actually a lot of um, trading opportunities this week not a lot of investing opportunities, perhaps, but a lot of trading opportunities. I'm going to get to the investments uh, here in a few minutes. But, you know, for the trader, what we had this week was that it was simply running between the extremes of, you know, of Monday and Tuesday, which could have made it really easy to trade as long as you were, you know, shorting at the top and going long at the bottom. Um, that's, you know, really... Uh, your plan for the day. If it if it hits the bottom and starts going up, I tag on. If it hits the top and starts going down, I tag on. Um, and just use the momentum to the upside and downside because it's really going nowhere. All right, now, 
if you're looking at the candles itself, okay, because there's something in trading called market uh, or candle psychology. And if you're looking at the candles themselves, what you're going to find is that for Thursday and Friday, um, you know, we had two what are called doji candles or, or, or I don't know, kind of crosses. Now you see this when the market can't make up its mind. All right. And what that is, is if you're looking at the candle, it's the body of the candle is really small and it's somewhere in the middle. And then you've got these large wicks, both to the upside and the downside. That is a market that is not making up its mind, whether it wants to go up or down. All right. Now we were thinking that the CPI would tell the story as to whether, you know, the market was going to go up or down because the CPI, um, came out this week and, uh, you know, the CPI said that, that we ticked up a little bit, you know, inflation was a little bit higher month over month. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the, you know, what I watch more closely is the PPI. Now the CPI is the consumer price index and the PPI is the producer price index. Right. The producer price index really tells the story as to whether, um, producers are going to have to raise their prices in the future. Mm -hmm. So it's the harbinger of of CPI. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when I see the CPI going up, but not the PPI going up, mm -hmm. then I know that the, uh, you know, that the producers or the companies are simply pulling back. Well, they're pushing up, they're pushing prices. up uh, prices in order to make higher profits. Okay. That's what's going on. Or, or the same type of profits that they were making in the past. Right. You know, and so when you're looking at CPI, there's a couple of things that you would look at as the harbinger of that. And actually, there are two harbingers of um, of the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, okay, the inflation so rate. When right? you say harbor, harbinger, uh -huh. sorry, I um, I don't like I I I see someone trying to sell, or I see somebody who's like a vagabond. I don't really, so I don't really know what that word means. <laughs> and right. I know that sounds really silly, but and it's early in the morning, so I'm not doing very well. So <laughs> it's just it, it's just you know something that foretells something else. Oh, okay. So um, you know we're looking at a lead indicator, I really? suppose, is what I should have said. Because like there's a poem, Harbinger of Haggis. Where it's from, so I married an axe murderer. And so I was like, is he selling something? <laughs> maybe I maybe I heard the wrong thing, so I always thought I meant seller. <laughs> I'm looking up the definition, people. All right, not that that has anything hey, to do, do with trading, but I'm looking it up. All right. Yeah, look you at, yeah you, you go ahead while I, while I talk about the other leading indicator of inflation. Okay. All right. <laughs> and if I got it wrong, I'll ap apologize, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to redo this. No, okay. Yeah, you, you can yeah. correct me, well, okay? People, yeah. Anyway, so um, the other lead indicator of inflation is, um, you know, is oil. It's crude oil uh, because when oil prices go up, that affects the rest of the economy, right? Oil is such a large part of our economy because everything tends to, you know, tends to come from it. The plastics come from oil. Um, the transportation costs for all of the goods sold at the stores come from you know, from crude. And so when gas prices start going up, fuel prices, what they call petrol prices in Europe, that's when, um, you know, you start looking at the producer prices to go up and they're going to right. pass on those costs in consumer prices. Okay. All right. Did, did you look it up by the way? I did. And it is someone who foretells as a there forerunner and wait, 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 
we, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, a, a person or a, a person or a thing that announces or signals the approach of another. There you go. So I, I wonder why they said harbinger of haggis. <laughs> I guess two H words. It might have been, maybe. And maybe yeah. it was signals the approach of haggis. Maybe. There you go. Okay, so now I understand <laughs> that. Not that that has anything to do, but it signals or an approach of something that's going to come, these two there indicators. You so you have these people. So what I'm getting from you is we have these people that have been in the business for years, and they're going... And the signals that have normally given signals of, hey, rough times ahead of coming well, are yeah. signaling. But we have a different thing where we have we have so many people that can instantly access the market without going through a broker. Like they go through a brokerage house and it's on automatic. So it's a little bit different of a time period, well, yeah, so in I my haven't, opinion. Yeah, I haven't really um, approached the, you know, what to do with this information just yet. Oh, okay. You know, right, right now what I'm approaching is simply the reports that are out there. Okay. You know, so... Obviously, uh, we've been talking about this all week. So I, I we guess have. I jumped ahead while I was listening to Harb... While I was looking up Harbinger. Yeah, okay. you're, you're thinking yeah. of Harry Dent right now. I which, am. Which and, I'll get to. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All I right. fell into your trap. All right, let's there you go. go. Um, there you go. Anyway, we're uh, so yeah. The harbinger of or the the leading indicator um, of inflation tends to be some of these things that that would lead to a push for higher prices. Okay. Right. So if the producers have to pay more, then the consumers eventually have to pay more because the producers have to raise their prices right you know that that's really all there is to it Mm -hmm. all right well commodities prices have been going down and so that's really controlled a lot of the producer price index lately Mm -hmm. all right and one of the costs that has been going down since the summer no surprise Mm -hmm. because you know crude is a cyclical thing right um it is crude but it's taken a bounce, and in fact, in Europe, it's mm-hmm. much higher than it is in the United States. Well, that makes sense because there's wars all around them. Well, okay, but because you can buy oil from anywhere in the world, that's true. You know, then it, it's really it should be a worldwide price. Well, but they're probably uh, like how much does it cost to ship? Because I mean, mm-hmm. with Russia, I mean, it was so much easier to ship from Russia. You know what I mean? And they're yes, and, so, and you're exactly right. And you're connected to you know the Middle East. I mean, it's easier than going in the water. I mean, I'm sure they do put it through tankers, but and and you're exactly right. Okay, so while we have seen a bounce in crude, it has been kind of a modest bounce. Okay, yeah, right. It hasn't been a big bounce. yeah from sixty nine okay. up to about seventy three. It hit seventy. It almost hit 75 the other day before it, it dropped back, you know, mm. 75 per yeah. uh, barrel. Um, and it had been up as high as, as $100 per barrel just, you know, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's come down quite a bit, mm. yeah, 25% down. Um, and that's really helped control a lot of the inflation. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to go up and Europe is starting to feel it first okay. because they're no longer getting their oil from Russia. They're starting to get it from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they do have to ship it over greater distances. And mm-hmm. so the petrol prices especially have been going up okay. and now the crude prices have been going up. Um, and you get it by liters, not by yeah. gallons, now, gallons, whatever. I mean, it's Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's just go on. <laughs> Politically, this is very this is this is kind of a scary thing for the incumbent parties. Okay, um, it is because any time that you have inflation or rising prices mm-hmm. for gas or food, um, a lot of times they get voted out. Right. Yeah. So if the you know it, it's all about 
I don't know, uh, back in, in the 90s, early 2000s, you know, the mantra in the political, uh, in the political arena was, it's the economy, stupid. Yeah. Right. And that's what they'd open every single meeting with. It's the economy, stupid. Um, and so, you know, George uh, Bush, the first one. The second one? Not George W., but George Bush. That yeah, was in the 90s. In yeah. the 90s, got voted out, not because he, was a bad he wasn't president. doing well. Yeah. It was because he... The economy The wasn't. economy tanked yeah. during, you know, in his last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, everybody was like, he's going to get reelected. And then the economy yeah. tanked and they're like, he ain't getting reelected. And it was right. a big, it was a big surprise. Yeah. So, yeah. so typically what you would see during an election year is that, um, is that the incumbent party will start trying to do things to, uh, you know, to control the economy, to help the economy nurse it along, something like that. We've certainly seen that. I yeah. mean, you know, the oil reserves have been opened up to, to push supply into but they're uh, not the chain top, they're not order. drilling as much so well no actually the permits for drilling has has gone up oh fabulous yeah but it's too expensive to drill right or no no no, no. okay okay so they, they've kind no, of yeah. eased if, off on the if crude got stuff. back down into the 30s or or 15s like it was during the pandemic then they oh. just cap the whales because they're right? like it's we, too expensive it's too expensive we can't do it okay yeah. Okay. And pumping it out of the ground costs more per barrel than we're getting out so of it. So basically, they're kind of holding the prices <clears throat> to a place where people can make money, and it's not that yeah, expensive. Um, but, but really, during the election year, there's a lot of um, pressure on the incumbent party to control things. One of the easiest things to do is simply to take the reserves and, and push those out, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, more supply with the same demand means that oil prices are controlled or... or mm-hmm. uh, you know, down. And uh, now we pulled that trick last year when the prices were much higher. Four dollars, four thirty. Yeah. And um and now, you know, to further deplete those stocks is gonna be a little bit harder without a lot of people noticing. Mm-hmm. Um but it's still being done, evidently, because everywhere else in the world the prices are going up. It's just here that they're being controlled. <laughs> you know. And so that tells you something. <laughs> Anyway, not getting political here. Yay. Okay. Um, but we're talking about harbingers. Actually, of what's I appreciate to come. it. I have a big car, so I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Suburbans eat, 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 eat petrol. gas. They, they, yeah. they eat there petrol. Petroleum. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I appreciate it. I'm like, well, do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Like, I'm, yeah. I like lower gas prices. Right? I, but it will hurt in, in the future. Like, I mean, I know it's going to spike again. So. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and and that's going to be very difficult because it, it's going to push CPI up. Now, it, it would typically, but then there is another report that's out that actually presages, that's another word. Presages. Pres- it, it's a leading indicator for deflation. Okay. Oh. Um, and so, and so this, is, this one is, is actually really scary. All right. So this report came out and it's the M2. Most people don't know what the M2 is. We've got the M1 and the M2. These are both a um, a measure of the money that's out there. Okay. All right. So um, when I'm talking about M2, it's the measure of the money supply that includes cash, checking deposits, right? What's mm-hmm. in people's uh, banking accounts. Um, other types have been in deposits that are readily, readily uh, convertible to cash, such as CD, and it in- even includes... Um, what's in people's portfolios. Okay. All right. Uh, when this is going up, then the economy is really spurred. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we had an, a, an enormous push in the M2 
you know, there in, in, uh, 2022. And this was Mm -hmm. kind of at the tail end of the pandemic when people were getting back to work, but they were still getting all of that free money Mm -hmm. that the government was printing and sending Mm -hmm. out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we had a massive, uh, spike in the M2. Um, and and that really pushed the economy to new highs. Mm -hmm. Uh, it got it going again and, and, uh, pushed it a little bit, but now the M2 is dropping. In fact, we haven't seen a drop like this. It dropped 4% this year. Hmm. Do you know when the last time we saw a 4% drop in the M2? Great Never. Depression. The Great Depression. Okay. Yeah. That, that's very, very scary. Yeah. Now, when the M2 drops, what that means is people don't have money to spend, mm-hmm. right? Banking accounts are low. Um, and this also includes credit, by the way. So mm-hmm. now their credit, uh, they can't get credit anymore because mm-hmm. um, they're out of credit card room. Uh, you know, they don't have any easily convertible stuff into cash. Mm-hmm. What would that mean if all of a sudden you ran out of cash? Would that change your habits? Yeah. Your spending habits? Okay. Absolutely. And so what would be the follow-on effect of those habits being changed? Mm-hmm. Because if you can't spend cash, then that means that restaurants are going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. Right? Cash flow stops. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you start stripping down to just those things that are absolutely necessary. Yeah, bare essentials. Yeah, just the bare essentials. Uh, and so during those times, clothing stores, um, you know, have trouble. Uh, car sales go down. Mm-hmm. Most of the industry, everything that's not absolute essentials, starts dropping. And, you know, that that is an early, that's, that's a lead indicator that, you know, when the M2 drops, it's a lead indicator of, of fine, uh, well, um, of recession. Yeah. Recession or depression. So last time we saw a 4% drop in the M2, we had depression. Uh, now there are those out there that, you know, see this, understand these reports. And so if you've seen a smattering of people calling for a recession in 2024 saying, hey, this soft landing thing is not going to work, then this is probably one of the things that they're worried about. In mm-hmm. fact, when I was young into, you know, the economy type business, everybody talked, it was the first report that they opened was the M2. Mm-hmm. What is the M2 doing? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> Uh, because the money supply is what fuels the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's really fallen out of favor in, re- in, in favor of other things. What's the CPI doing? Things like that. And so if you look at some of the popular um, investing uh, sites, you know, like investing.com or Forex Factory, mm-hmm. places like that, and they're listing out the reports, you won't even find the M2 there. Hmm. It's fallen that much out of favor, really? but I think it's going to make a resurgence here because it really is going to start, um, yeah. you know, affecting things. If if there's no cash out there, then people lose jobs because businesses aren't getting paid. Yeah, that's just all there is to yeah. it. And so that's probably why when you why you were like Harry Dent in his quote. Well, you know, yeah, Harry Dent is, and, and I'm going to read his quote, you know, a little bit here. Oh, okay, um, sorry, I thought we were there. We are. We're there. But but when we're talking about Harry Dent, I'm going to put a big asterisk in front of this because Harry Dent is always predicting the that the market is going to fall. Okay. 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 Now he's... He's a perma-bear. He's a perma-bear. Um, now he's gained notoriety because he called the 1987 drop and the dot-com drop. Okay. And the 2008 drop and the 2015 drop. 
What you don't know is that he was calling for drops in 95 when it went straight up. Um, he was calling for drops in, uh, you know, in 2004 and 2007 and 2018. Okay. Um, and 2022. Okay. You know. Uh, so he, he's constantly calling for drops. This one is probably his, um, well, his most significant because when he calls for drops, he always puts a number on it. All right. A 40% drop, a 30% drop. He's up to an 86% drop here. And how accurate has his drops been? Well, they were accurate for 2000. Okay. And 2008 and 2015. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But they were very inaccurate for when? all of the other years. All the <laughs> other years, you're like, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was like he was two years off, two or three years off. Is what I'm Yeah, thinking. he was. Um yeah, he's he's always been off in in his timing. All right, he also called correctly predicted Japan's uh, nineteen eighty nine bubble burst and recession. Wow, you know, so uh, he's been there about half of the time. Okay. Um, anyway, he says people think I'm crazy when I say the stock market will go down eighty six percent on the S and P, which is the worst case scenario, uh, but also my most likely case. All right, um, I'm not going to try and argue with Harry here. You know, uh, but he does address the idea that everybody else um, has, and that is that the Federal Reserve, if it started going down that much, the Federal Reserve would step in. All right. And he says, people say, Harry, the Fed won't let it happen. Well, in the end, when there's a battle between God and the central bankers, I'm going to bet on God. <laughs> and what he's saying is, is there is so much in the way of this th going down that even the central bank isn't it, going to be able to overcome it. It's potentially the perfect right. storm. Well, yeah. So, so, you know, the Federal Reserve in this case is really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Okay. Yeah. The rock being inflation mm -hmm. and the hard place being recession depression. Mm -hmm. All right. Because if we do start into recession and they want to start pulling us out because the M2 really is bad, mm -hmm. all right? I, I mean, it doesn't matter how you look at it. The M2 looks really bad. Okay. Um, and so what they would naturally want to do is print money, put it into the system, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. They've got to grease the skids again. But it would just make it worse eventually. It would make it I'm worse hearing? eventually, but it, it would also create more inflation. And so ultimately, how much is it going to help, Yeah. I mean, they've got to control the inflation because because if they don't, then the U.S. dollar, the trust in the U.S. dollar is going to sink, mm -hmm. which is going to cause problems. Mm -hmm. If they do, if they don't print money, or if they do print money, it causes inflation. If they do print money, then it saves us from, you know, a really deep recession. Yeah. Which one are they going to pick? Yeah. You know, don't know. In either case, this is really bad for people's portfolios, at least most people's portfolios. Okay. Now, for those of you that have been trained in how to handle bear markets, you're already ready for it. Mm -hmm. And this isn't going to be a big deal. In fact, it's going to, it's probably going to increase your portfolio size, you know, tenfold if you do mm -hmm. it right. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened in, uh, in 2008, 2009. If you were ready for it, you understood how to work with the market mm -hmm. in whichever way it was going. You know, you did nothing but, but get more wealthy. Yeah. And typically during recessions, you've got the two, you, you know, you've got the majority of people that lose and then the few that understand things that, 
it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The wealthy get more wealthy, and the and the unfortunate, you know, um, nah. poor and middle class get less wealthy. A- anyway, um, so one of the things you know, we're looking at at all of that. I wanted to uh, get to one other thing um, because some of the most significant of these um, prognostications, uh, you know, comes from understanding the reports that come before mm-hmm. all of that. You know, I mean, that's, that's how, uh, people are doing it, but because there are so many things that affect the economy, it's not going to be accurate to the T. Well, yeah. right? But now we've got inversion in the bond market. We've got the M2 going down. All of these are really bad signs. Uh, you know, the market has been stalling out and maybe it's not just because it hit the supply zone. You know, it, it could be other things. It could be bigger indicators. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, so I've kind of, so I've kind of struggled with something called a confirmation trade, you know, where something oh, comes hey, in. I love confirmation trades. You love confirmation trades and understanding where they were coming in into. And so this week we had a student, he's been doing a lot of studying on his own. He's been just doing a great, great deal of stuff. And um, he... He showed he showed me some things, and um, we had a futures class this week, and he was doing a lot of like uh, student led uh, discussions and mm-hmm. and stuff during during their times. Yeah, just student their, meetings, just student students meetings while from they students. from students while they were supposed to be taking their practice trades. And I and um, he had showed it to me earlier in the week. He's like, Trina, I'm so excited about this. I've got to show yeah. it. I'm like, Stephen, show it to me. I want to see it, man. And he's like, all right, dude, I'm going to show it to you. Like he and I, we, anyways, so he's showing it to me and I was like, I have never seen someone explain it so well. And all of a sudden I understood confirmation traits. Cause I was like, well, how do you know when it's going to go down or it's going to go up or what, what's kind of like the doji candles and stuff. You don't know for sure, mm-hmm. but there are things that you can see and you're like, all right, now I know. And I, and it was so great. It was, it was one of those things and just seeing how he was able to mitigate his risks and he was. It was really neat seeing how he would he would go down in time periods. He'd watch, he he'd set that zone, yeah, and then he would watch that zone, and then he'd go down to a lower time period. And as it was entering in that time period, that zone, he would watch on a lower time frame, mm-hmm. and then he would watch for the indicators, the M or the W or whatever. And, and then if he that was, doesn't make any sense to you, so it's because you haven't been trained yet. Yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> then he came in. And then he said, and watch, watch it go down. And he goes, and that's where I tagged it right there because it gave me the signal and I tagged it. And it was just one of the most beautiful things. And he got like a 10 to 1 or 20 to 1 on a couple of these trades. Yeah, 18 back, to 1 on one of them. On one of them. Yeah. And he's been back testing it. Like, so like he's been testing it for a couple of months to see, to make sure that for like a month to yeah. see if he was getting it. And he's like, I really, really like this. And all of a sudden I understood confirmation trades because when I would take the classes, they would just say, the teachers say, we'll just take confirmation trade. And everything that it, like, and the cool thing is, is everything is like in, yeah. in core if you just know where to look. And so it was, it was really neat to see Stephen just really dive deep into these things. So it made me excited. I, yeah. I kind of feel like when I'm listening to you right now, I'm like, 
I just it's Debbie Downer time and I'm you see me get quieter and quieter and I'm like uh, well, I don't like this conversation you know so I, and I, I don't want to be a Debbie of, Downer let's try to let's try to lighten it up so today I was like well whichever way it's going and when I can see the chart I yeah. this might be a time for confirmation trades this might be a time to to make sure that you're getting in and and confirming yes it's leaving this area and Hopefully yeah. it will work out. It doesn't always mean it will work out. Well, and I'm not trying to depress anybody, you know, and I don't want to scare anybody. What I do want, you know, so the old adage, and I think that this is um, this is somewhere in, in, you know, the good book, the Bible, the, you know, Pentateuch, some, somewhere. It says, if you are prepared, you shall not fear. Right. Um, I don't want anybody to be, to be fearful, Right. I don't want anybody to, you know, freak out. I just think that everybody should be prepared. The, right. the reality is, is these are the reports. And typically in the past, you know, on a probability uh, scale, when we've seen these kind of reports, it's a leading indicator that there's trouble. Yeah. And Rough you really should ahead. be. Yeah. You know, and so if you're, if you're blissfully ignorant, bliss is only there until, until the uh, problem comes, right? Right. And then you're miserably ignorant. Right. And you're part of the masses that are that are getting wasted mm-hmm. instead of part of the few that are getting more wealthy because you understood how to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now I say that, and and uh, you know I really wanted to get to uh, this idea of a of soft landing because we're all of a sudden seeing even the you know magazines like the Economist talk about about how remote the possibility of a of a soft landing actually is. At the same time, we're seeing some of the political powers and some of the know-nothing type news um, uh, areas like CNBC and MMSBC and things mm-hmm. like that. And if, by the way, you're fans of those, I don't mean to insult you, but <clears throat> they don't have a good reputation among the professionals. Mm-hmm. You know. um, but it, it, the, those type of uh, news cycles are all saying, hey, we beat it. This is soft landing. It's great. We're ready to go to the races. See, whenever someone says that, or like, especially around like Christmas time, mm-hmm. when they're like, everything's okay. It's all right. Oh, we were so worried, but <laughs> we beat it. We're through it. Da, da, da. I'm like, no, we just wanted to get through Christmas. Yeah. We got a reprieve. We got a reprieve. Breathe. We got a break. <laughs> and, and now they're going to change their tune because it's the beginning of the year. It's just like when you get a new president in or something like that. Oh, we did it. Did that. Yeah. And then all the crap hits, you know, and, and every president wants the crap to hit in the first year <laughs> so they can dig it out. And, and so like, I'm That's just right. like, I'm just like ready for, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. So I expect after the election things to go crappy just to go well, crappy and it could it may not you, you yeah. do have a lot of people who are who are saying hey we know it's yeah. going to happen and so if they want him out they'll let the economy take a dive well yeah the power you, you know and, and there's there's uh there's things that a um president can do and and that a a party can do mm-hmm. but there's a limit to what the party can do yeah now you know, if these reports are right, it's going to be tough. I, they're going to have to go to some extraordinary measures. All right. And then they're going to have to time it right as well. If the reports, you know, well, but, but there are so many things in can. the economy mm-hmm. that we really don't know. It, it, you know, these are, these are lead indicators, but they're not 100%, you know, foretellers. Yeah, they're not. You know, so this, this isn't prophetical in any 
in any stretch of the imagination. Just like Harry Dent gets it wrong, these could get it wrong. He, what Harry Dent is look, doing is looking at the reports. Now, for a perma bear, you're going to, you know, you have a bias, and his bias is down, mm-hmm. um, and so he's he has a bias for looking for only the most negative reports. Mm-hmm. All right, there are good reports out there as well. Now, the CPI was a little bit higher. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unemployment was actually lower than predicted. Than predicted. That's great. Which you would think was great, and, it, and, and typically it is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Fed, they've said that they're not going to be dropping rates until they see a little bit more pain in the labor market, meaning that, that uh, they're not dropping rates anytime soon if they're keeping their word. Mm-hmm. That's bad for the economy. Mm-hmm. High rates right now is really killing certain sectors, including the real estate sector. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and and I'm not saying that to be bearish. I'm saying that that's actually what's happened. Yeah. Now, a year or two years ago, I think two years ago, I started talking about how hard the, the um, housing market was going to get hit. And we're seeing the beginnings of that right now. We are. You know, I wasn't trying to be bearish. I was saying this is the reality of when raising rates, rates. When rates go up, this yeah. is what happens it's, eventually. Yeah. It's just a, you know, can't help it. This mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so all of these things that I'm talking about, I'm not trying to be bearish. I'm just telling you what's out there so that you can be ready for it. Okay. Um, and, and I think that that's probably the right approach. Be ready for, uh, to be successful on the upside and to be successful on the downside. And you're guarding against too much of either, uh, you know, depending on what your bias is on that day, if you're a trader or your bias is for the next, uh, year, if you're an investor. All right. Well, if you want to learn how to get ready, um, you want to learn how to trade, you want to learn how to invest, uh, there's a great place for you to go to learn. We teach classes. Now, the first class is free. You're not going to learn how to trade or successfully invest in that class. What we're going to do is show you how it actually works. All right. So if you're a super genius, maybe you would learn how to trade or invest. But I wouldn't count on it, okay, because there are there's a system, a systematic approach to either of those that has been proven, you know, time and time again by the best of uh, wealth managers and the best, by the way, do it for themselves, not for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Doing it on a large scale doesn't work as well as doing it on a smaller scale with your own funds. Okay. Um, So there's a way to work um, both in the investing side and the trading side, right? For money in your pocket today or money, you know, wealth in your pocket uh, for retirement. There's a way, a systematic way that this works. And if you want to learn more about that, hey, that's free three hour classes for you. We do have other classes that teach on a more in-depth uh, scale, but the first class is absolutely free. So if you're in the Phoenix area, it's in person. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you would just go to our website. It's www.tradingacademy.com. That's www.tradingacademy.com. If you are not in the Phoenix area, mm-hmm. okay, there might be a location near you because there are a bunch spread throughout the world. Um, but if not, then we do have them online as well. Mm-hmm. And you would get into the, one of those classes simply by going to www.tradingacademy.com and registering for a class. And they'll find something that fits your time, your schedule, and your location. All right. So we hope to see you in class, and we hope that you're listening again next week. Give us a like, uh, share, share it with your friends, and, uh, and uh, thank you for joining us today. 